0: Alright, you guys are with me? You got a Bible? I oh, always got a Bible. Almost. I'll give you a minute real quick to grab one if need be. Or grab your phones, feel free to use that today. Um, please join me in Ezekiel chapter 37. Ezekiel chapter 37. Ezekiel is in the Old Testament. Um, right around Isaiah... After, after Psalms, okay? Ezekiel's going to be after Psalms. That got me working today. Ezekiel chapter 37. It's going to be after Psalms, and then you're going to... It's going to be after Proverbs. It's going to be after Ecclesiastes. And then skip over Song of Solomon. i to too young for that. And then we're going to go on over... Skip off. What? You out here reading Song of... What's wrong with y'all, kids? Anyway, then, you, then after Isaiah... You're going to go on to Jeremiah, and after Jeremiah, you get to Ezekiel. So the way that the Bible is broken up, right, you've got the first five books, right? You've got your Torah, you've got your wisdom books, and then you have your prophet books, prophetic books. So Ezekiel is one of your prophetic books, okay? Are you guys all there? Ezekiel? Perfect. So if you guys don't mind standing with me as you read the word of the Lord in Ezekiel chapter 37, verses 1 to 15. title here from my book says, The Valley of the Dry Bones. And it reads as follows. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones, and he led me around among them, and behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley, and behold, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live, and I will lay sinews upon you and will cause flesh to come upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded and as I prophesied there was a sound and behold a rattling as the bones came together bone to its bone and I looked and behold there were sinews on them And flesh had come upon them, and the skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, Prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he had commanded me, and the breath came into them. And they lived and stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. We are indeed cut off. Therefore, prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord God, behold, I will open your graves We'll end on the, we'll the 14. Neighbor, beloved, <laughs> look to your neighbor. Say neighbor. Neighbor. Oh neighbor, oh neighbor, are your bones dry? You to be seated in the presence of the Lord. Oh, well, let's, let's make the, um, the bigger. I'll push back. There we go. Give me one second, guys. So that was the word of the Lord according to Ezekiel chapter 37, um, verses 1 to 14. My apologies there. Um, Let's pray before we get into this. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for another day that you have given us. God, we are so, so grateful to you. Lord, we pray that um, you speak through us here today. And that we share your word, Lord God, to be truthful to you, to be truthful to your word. And that you help me to explain to your people, God, what it is you've placed on my heart today. I thank you so much, God. I give you all the honor and adoration. Be with me now. In your mighty name we do pray. Amen. Amen. So good friends. Um, I believe last week we talked, who remembers what we talked about last week? For those of you who are here. Uh Mm Uh-huh. Okay, we talked about building foundation. Anybody else want to give it a try? It was about faith. And then the word I'm going to say starts with a D. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. deconstruction you got it You got it. last time we talked about faith deconstruction and what exactly all of that entailed right um, we, just, we had talked about how people um, go through this process of faith deconstruction and at times it leads them to to, to fall away from, 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 from God and rather to be um, rather than allowing their faith deconstruction to lead them into a, a faith restoration and a reconstruction if you will, um, I think one of the some of the reasons that we had talked about why that happens is because of we talked primarily about doubt and we talked a lot about pain and suffering that happens that leads somebody to reconsider and think about who is this God and is he truly good and is he truly God right and we kind of talked about how we then come to the conclusion that yes God is who he is um, so today, where we are going, we've already read through Ezekiel chapter 37, verse one to 14. And I wanna give you the background a bit before we kind of jump into the key points. And for all my point people, um, kind of give you the background on what this book is and, and, and the settings. I think we talked a little bit earlier about how in the Bible you have the Torah, right? In the, in the Old Testament, the way it's broken up, Then you eventually have your wisdom books, right? Oh, you have your judges, you have your kings, you have your chronicles, then you have your wisdom books, like the Song of Solomon and and Proverbs and Psalms, right? And then you eventually get into this prophetic book lane, if you will, with your Isaiahs and your Daniels and your um, Ezekiels and your Jeremiah's, right? So if that gives you a, a bit of a hint, Ezekiel was a prophet back in the day, right? Um... And a prophet back in the day, somebody who um, was either a seer, somebody who God had spoken to, and God was very, very close to, and was a, was a mouthpiece of God is what a prophet is, okay? A prophet is a mouthpiece of God. And typically within the Bible, when you have a prophet come by, if you have a prophet coming through your way, it's not good news most of the time. Because the prophet's job is to bring, oftentimes to bring rebuke, Okay? He's not an exhorter, right? An exhorter is coming to bring you encouragement, right? But the prophet's time, his job is to bring rebuke most of the time that, hey, something's going wrong that you need to go in there and change, right? When we look at Revelation, for example, we see John and pretty much talking about all the different churches that he talks to, right? Bringing rebuke to the majority of them, right? So Ezekiel was a prophet, very, very... Great prophet that God had, had called. A lot of times when people talk about Ezekiel, they put him in connection with people like Isaiah and Jeremiah. They all had their own books. They all had their own struggles. And he was a prophet during a time of exile of the Israelites. Okay, That's kind of what makes his a little bit different. Um, so he was somebody that didn't even say that he wanted to be a prophet, right? But God called him to do so one day. And um, he had no choice but to respond right and so he did so what was happening at the moment is that um, this the setting around this is around 593 bc okay now this is about five years after exile so if you guys will recall for all of you you who've been reading your bibles that the israelites were exiled to babylon okay by this guy called nebuchadnezzar you guys know that name nebuchadnezzar i don't know how that song goes but you guys you guys don't know that song? i oh, so you know this song. Nebuchadnezzar. Hey, you guys are missing out on back in the day, man. Those are the, we need to just have a day where we just sing songs and catch you guys up. Because y'all, you guys know who Nebuchadnezzar is, right? The Nebuchadnezzar was the king of the Babylonians at the time, the guy turned into an animal, right? And then he had to be turned back. You'll see more of Nebuchadnezzar in Daniel. If you're like, what was this whole animal thing about? Go to Daniel, you'll see all of that. Um, the Bible is so fun, guys. But let me come back to the topic, okay? So, giving you the setting here, you have a bunch of Israelites, right, who are living in exile in somebody else's country. They were sent over to Babylon, and pretty much all of their hopes shattered, right? Everything that they have, everything that they needed, they don't have anymore, Right? And why did that happen? Why were they sent over to Babylon? Because they disobeyed. They disobeyed God. They worshipped false idols. They, they created their own gods, right? And they forgot the creator of the universe. So because of that, out of God's anger, out of God's justice, if you will, God sent them over rightfully to exile his own people. God sent his own people Israelites over to exile what he did was he scattered them and he split them all across the world okay so we've talked about who Ezekiel is we've talked about what the setting is here right well this what the setting of this particular chapter though is Ezekiel um, within a vision okay Ezekiel is having a vision a prophet is somebody who oftentimes will have a vision a vision is different from a dream if you will a vision is you are awake you are there God has placed it on, 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 on your sight or within your ear. Some type of way, of God is, is communicating to you while you are, while you are awake um, information that He wants you to share with His people. Okay? So, a vision was, was given to Ezekiel about the dry bones. So, a couple of points that I want to get into here. Now that we kind of do we, are we all good on where the setting is, where we are, what year are we in? And 593 What year are we in, guys? Hmm? I literally just said the year again, guys. What? Uh, yes, 593 B.C. Do you guys know what B.C. is? Before Christ. Okay. Now, do you know what that means? Before Christ was born. Okay. Perfect. And you know what A.D. is? What? No, it's not after death. That was a good try, though. Anno Domino. Perfect. A.D. is Anno Domino, which is in the year of our Lord. That was the year that God was, that Jesus Christ was born. Okay? Yes, Anno Domino. It's not after death. Because Jesus died in 33 A.D. So you can't die in after your death. You get it? Right? Yes, A.D. is Jesus Christ was alive in A.D. Yeah. It would be like a 33-year gap, right? If there was no, if there wasn't anything between BC and AD, yeah, and you what I mean? Someone. No. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we got the timing, all right? That's not the, the main point for today. Um, we will talk more about the timeline someday. I'll put it on a on a on a board for you. But um, a couple of points that I want to give you guys from my point, people. All right. Point number one that we see here from Ezekiel, the discussion around the dry bones, is that sin affects all of us, um, private sin included. Right? Sin affects my sins, your sins, it affects all of us, it affects the community. There's a reason partially why I wanted us to do a circle in here today, Right? because we've all fallen short, we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Some of us are holding on so desperately to our sins, others are... Afraid of even going to God to ask for forgiveness, right? Others feel shameful, and I've I've been in all of those positions. Um, The reason why I'm saying that sin affects all of us here is because this dry bones, these these Israelites, right? Perhaps some of them, we could venture and make the argument and the statement that some of them were doing right. Okay, some of them were doing the right thing. Some of them were not going astray. But because of somebody else's sin that a bunch of other people, a bunch of other Israelites were doing, they too were lumped into that, right? And they faced the consequences of that sin. Right? So, the chap- like, what's this sin that we're talking about that happened here, that Ezekiel was talking about here, that God was talking about here? If you flip over to chapter 6, you'll see really quickly. Um, the verses 1 to 10 Would anybody like to read that? Ezekiel chapter 6, verse 1 to 10. Anybody? You guys there? You want to read it? Thank you.
1: Real quick. Ezekiel chapter 6, verse 1 to 10. The word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, set your face against the mountains of Israel. Prophesy against them and say, You mountains of Israel, hear the word of the Sovereign Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says to the mountains and hills, to the ravines and valleys. I am about to bring a sword against you, and I will destroy your high places. Your altars will be demolished, and your incense altars will be smashed. And I will slay your people in front of your idols. Verse 5. I will lay the dead bodies in front of their idols, and I will scatter your bones around your altars. Wherever you live, the towns will be laid waste and the high places demolished, so that your altars will be laid waste and devastated, your idols smashed and ruined, your incense altars broken down, and what you have made wiped out. Your people will fall slain among you, and you will know that I am the Lord, but I will spare some. For some of you will escape the sword when you are scattered among the lands and nations. Then in the nations where they have been carried captive, those who escape will remember me, how I have been grieved by their adulterous hearts, which have turned away from me, and by their eyes, which have lusted after their idols. They will loathe themselves for the evil they have done and for all their detestable practices. Verse 10, and they will know that I am the Lord, I did not threaten in vain to break this calamity on them. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you so much. God bless you. Um, so that was point number one. Everybody good? Everybody got it? So What we read here is what God then talks about in the chapter thirty-seven. So the Bible is so fun, like when we read a chapter, we have to read it in context, and I'm giving you where this where this came from. God literally told his people that, hey, I'm gonna scatter your bones, right? And that's what he ends up doing. He scatters them to so many different places. Right? So then we come on over to chapter 37. Now we have a group of people, because we sometimes when we read the Bible, we we kind of read it like this storybook, but if we really put ourselves in their shoes, I think it really helps paint the picture a bit better, okay? So, and then I think a lot of times we also kind of think like, oh, these people did X, Y, and Z, they're so terrible, why can't they do better, right? And I'm going to show you today how it's not just them, but it's us as well, all right? So point number two that we've got is that many of us, here, myself included at times um, believe that we're alive when we're actually dead we think that we are alive when we're actually dead in a spiritual sense okay we've got um, you know we've got our bodies we can move back and forth we feel like you know our bodies are our own and all those things right we feel like we have so much energy right especially at the younger age that we can do so much. But um, what we don't realize is that oftentimes we can be like these dry bones. So, how do, we, how do we get here? How did we get here? We remember, guys, there was a point in time when the Israelites were chilling with God, right? They were having a blast, they had their own land, right? Eating what they wanted. God was so good to them. So, how did they get there? How did we get where we are within our sin? We're probably also doing something similar. At a point in time where the majority of us, life has been okay. Maybe we don't have everything that we want, but we have what we need. But we still get to a point where we're disobeying God. The people wanted more. The people allowed their natural instincts, their, their natural desires... To take over what it is that God had given them and told them. That, I need, that you need to renew these things that you have. So, how do we get here? Our own sin pushes us away from Christ. A lot of times, when we, have those, when we have dry bones, you know it when you know it. Which I know is not the best answer, but I feel like maybe you resonate with a bit. That you feel so detached from God. You feel like, where is God? I feel like not even praising. When you maybe used to be at a point where you were praising God, giving Him all the glory, all the honor, you know, God will love you, you're singing all the songs, and then you get to a point where you're just like, eh, I'm just, not, just not feeling it today. Am I talking to somebody here today? Or is just talking to myself? I'm, am I the only one that feels this way sometimes? No. Thank you. There are many reasons that that happens where we can get into this state of dryness, bones, right In this context, you're within, the, within the chapter 37, it's around the sins that the people committed. And what we have to remember is that we are dead in our trespasses. right Sin, the penalty for sin, is what? Hmm Death, right? So, the penalty for sin is death. So, when we sin, the penalty that we deserve is death, right? There has to be payment for sin at all times. I and mean, we get that all the time, right? There has to be payment for sin. So, what the type of death that we're talking about here, guys, is that it's, it's a spiritual death, okay? So, we've been through, um, like, when sin enters our lives, and, and that's what we are engaged in time and time again. um, We're in a state of deadness and we need God to bring us out of that, okay? So it also pushes you towards a place of hopelessness at times because you don't feel God anymore, right? Not because God is away. Your, Your lack of feeling of God has nothing to do with God, but it has everything to do with us. God's not hiding himself. God is here. If he put a spirit in you, he's with you. Okay? So we got to evaluate and assess ourselves, like, what am I doing? What am I engaging in that is quenching the spirit of God that's within me? Okay? But then there's another type of dryness that occurs, not just related to sin, but a type of dryness that's associated with our pain. When we've been through so much and we feel a deep sense of hopelessness. Guys, these Israelites, they have been in exile now for five years. Imagine the life that you have lived. You guys taking notes on your phones? Is that, yeah? If you're not taking notes, please put your phone away, okay? All right. So imagine being in a state of exile for five years. That weighs on the, that, that weighs on, on, on the soul. The Bible tells us in, I believe, Proverbs that hope deferred makes the heart sick. Right? Imagine hope being deferred for five years. So these folks, they've been dried up. And I think a lot of times that's what happens to us as well. There are some things that we wanted, there are some things that we desire, the ways that we wanted life to be and an and experience life that we truly wanted, but did not receive. And we think, imagine the people that did right, right? But they were still exiled. Imagine how they were feeling. God, I did nothing wrong. I just wanted to be with my family, yet you scattered me. And for us, I mean, we all have our why, we all have our questions, we all have our doubt, right? We all have our pain that we are facing and dealing with day by day. And what I'm afraid it's doing is that it's drying up your bones. Am I speaking to somebody today? I don't want us to get to that point. But, even if our bones get dry, even if we get to that state, God does a wonderful, wonderful thing. And this brings me to point number three. And point number three is that even in our trespasses, God continues to pursue us. Our God is a redeemer. Our God is a restorer. Even in our trespasses, God continues to pursue us. And what I love about this is that God shows us within the verse 11 to 14 his plan. He says, hey, y'all messed up. And all of you guys that messed up, you deserve to die for it. Rightfully so, because he's, ju- he's a just judge. If you will. That was hard to say. He's a just judge, right? But God being so good, continues pursuing us. What does he do? Everybody's in their graves. Everybody's got dry bones. And we see the scenario here of God coming to these graves, and he says, He's going to open up the graves, right in the verse 12. "I will behold, I will open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people, and I will bring you into the land of Israel." So what is God saying? He's basically saying that, "I'm going to restore you instead of you getting what you deserve, which is death. and hopelessness for eternity he's going to restore you he's going to restore me he's going to restore us and he's going to put and and not, and not just bring us out of the grave what's he going to do in verse 14 God is he's going to put his spirit within us and then you shall live so that 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 should that that should that should tell us right there that though you may have your bodies together, your bones together, every all of that stuff. Unless you have the Spirit of God within you, you are not spiritually alive. So God does a wonderful thing though. No, he doesn't just bring us back to life. He does so by putting his spirit in us. And we see a very similar thing within Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, I believe. When the this is the same type of breath. That God says when he says that he's going to put breath into Adam. So his, 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 his life that he gives and he puts within Adam. Amen. So God is a, is a restorer. God is a redeemer. The things that we may be going through. Right. Even if we're in sin. Guys. God is still calling us. We would say that these Israelites did some of the worst things ever. I mean, you think about it. And God was justified here, right? I don't want you guys to think that this God is, he's just out here killing people, right? That's, that's not what's happening here, right? What is happening is essentially payment, right? That God is giving for those who have disobeyed him. But then, he says that that payment that you deserve to get, I'm going to forgive it. And I'm going to restore you. I'm not, I'm not just going to just forgive you, but I'm going to bring you, I'm going to give you life. Okay? So that's, what hap- that's, that's the break that the Israelites got back then. What do we have today? What is our coming out of the grave? Our restoration, our... Covenant that we have with God now. I'll give you a hint. Jump to the New Testament. What do we have? Who do we have? Exactly. We have Jesus. So, it's all so interesting. That I'm tell you guys, the Bible is like an onion. Right? And Jesus Christ is in the center of that onion. Everything in the Bible revolves around Christ. And we see just how in here, it talks about raising him from the grave. Right, and what does Jesus and what does God do? You know, five hundred ninety-three plus thirty-three years later, right? Um, he raises, um, he raises Jesus from the grave. So, even after, because even after these guys, even after God raised these guys from their dry bones, they went back to their sinning. They went back to messing up. They went back to making mistakes. All right. They went back to turning their backs on God. So God said, you know, I gotta do this one. I got one last thing up my sleeve. And it's something that's gonna be there for all eternity, for all people until I come back. And as he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to show us how to live. Not just show us how to live, but also to die on the cross for our sins. That whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Right? That life connects back to what we see in the chapter 37, right? But have life for all eternity. And that eternity begins right now. Eternity, eternal life is being with the Father. Right? So whoever believes puts their faith, puts their trust in Jesus, will be saved. So I offer that to you today, in whatever scenario, situation you may be, or in your relationship with God. We offer Christ to you. That's another song. I'm not gonna jump into song, but that's that's a nice one too. Whenever you guys get a chance, we offer Christ to you anyway. But uh, we offer Christ to you today. Put your faith in him, put your hope and your trust in him, and see what he will do. It's not easy. It's not a, yep, I accepted Jesus, and yep, I said the prayer. I'm good. I can keep on going with my life. So I caveat that with giving you the truths about it all. Let me give you the raw deal. Following Jesus ain't going to be easy. It's hard. And you're going to come to a point in time in your life where you'll question yourself and say, why did I even do this? Because I see all these people that aren't following Jesus and they're living the, their, their lives, they're having a blast. I'm almost, wow, well, pushing 29 now. And kind of been on this journey for a couple of years now. And a lot of things have happened in the past couple of years in my life. And following Jesus definitely, I would say, made things harder but if you were to ask me would I do it all over again my answer would be 100% yes because it's the best decision that I've ever made and I hope you too will make that decision for not just today but every day to wake up to pick up your cross to follow God to die daily right, and to walk with the (laughs) Lord So in our trespasses, God continues to pursue you. Point four. In our pain, God continues to pursue us. You, in our pain, God continues to pursue us. I think a lot of times in our pain can be worse at times than our sin, than our moments of sinning. Because in our pain, we feel a little justified, right? We feel like God come on, what's up? I'm waking up, I'm praying, I'm singing songs, I'm being nice to my parents, I'm being cool to my, to my siblings. What's up? Why am I struggling here? Why do you have to take X, Y, and Z away from me? Why didn't you let me get into blank? Why don't I still have blank? Why am I still feeling this way in my life? And because of that, our bones, we talked about, get dry. But I want you to remember that even in our pain, God continues to pursue us. And we, this whole thing that we signed up for, to follow God, you got to pick it for yourself, right? It's not just because your parents have accepted Jesus and have brought and raised you up in the church. You're going to have to get to a point in your life, guys, where you've got to decide for yourself, is this what I want or not? I pray you decide the former, that this is what you want. And if you do decide that this is what you want, then you come to a place and you realize that suffering is a part of the package. Not, 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 not that I walk around life all sad, Suffering is a part of the process, but even in the suffering, there is joy. The Bible tells us, rejoice always. And, who's, and who says that? Paul tells us, rejoice always. You see, all the things that Paul was going through. This man was in prison for like, I would say, a good quarter of his life, if you will. He was, he was, he was in trouble so many times. Like many of the books that he wrote from, from straight out of prison. People say straight out of all people are writing things straight out of Compton. Some people are doing their straight out of prison. You get it? Y'all don't get it? Alright, I tried. You get it, right? Straight out of Compton. Gosh. I need a <laughs> I Just figured out. But um this man was writing things straight out of prison. Okay? So It's not, we're not here being like these, yeah, give me more pain, give me more suffering. Like, that's not, that's not not what I want you to take out of today. It's not that. But it says, when it does come, know that God is still in control. Know that God is using your pain to produce something within you, right? That's going to make you look more like his son. If you want to be more like Jesus, guys, that's, that's what's going to happen, right? So, Remember that even in our pain, God pursues us. Even when we don't feel God during our moments of pain, let not your feeling or lack of feeling of God disprove God to you. Okay? Just because you don't feel God, that shouldn't nullify your belief in the existence of God. Please. It's happened too many times to too many people. So many of us, are, some of us may be feeling that right now. It's hard to say because if we say it, it sounds like it's a like taboo, right? So please, in your pain, remember that God continues to pursue you. The last point that I've got for you guys um, is why God does all of this, right? God is, remember, God is always in control. Um, So point five for you is that God does all of this. He saves us for his own glory, for his own name's sake. And these aren't what I've come up with. These aren't my words. These are within the Bible itself. So if you look at the chapter 36, verse 22 in Ezekiel, The word of the Lord will tell us there that therefore say to the house of Israel, thus says the Lord God, it is not for your sake, O house of Israel, that I am about to act, but for the sake of my holy name, which you have profaned among the nations to which you came. And verse 23 says, and I will vindicate the holiness of my great name, which has been profaned among the nations and which you have profaned among them. And the nations will know that I am the Lord, declares the Lord God. Yep. That was Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 22 to 23. So Ezekiel chapter 36, in, like, I'm pretty much telling you why God is doing what he's doing here. Because he gives it out plain to us, right? A lot of times people are like, God is so mysterious. And yes, he's very mysterious. Right? But there are a lot of things that he made clear and known to us. Right. So in the 36, God said, hey, I'm going to I'm going to save you guys. I'm going to act. I know you're suffering going through all these things and all these in this, in this country that I've placed you in because of your sin. Right. There is consequence for sin, guys, because of your sin. I'm going to put you in these places. Right. Um, God is going to act despite all of that. And he's going to do that for his own name's sake. And another word for that is that God does things for his own glory. So if God does things for his own glory, you got to ask yourself, this Bible that I've got here, is it about me or is it about God? If it's about you, we jump in here and try to figure out where we we, we land, what, what it's saying about us, and then we make it say what we want it to say. If it's about God then we read it with a lens of, God, how can I be a part of this story? What role can, do you want me to play in, in, in bringing glory to your name? All right, brothers and sisters? So all of these points that we've gone through here, I hope they are helpful to you. I'll read them out through one last time, and then we'll close for today, and I'll ask any questions that you guys have. So point one was that sin affects us all. Our private sins affect the community as well. And the things that we do um, will have an impact on somebody else. Point number two: um, many of us think that we're alive when we're actually dead, right um, Point number three that we had was that even in our trespasses, God continues to pursue us. God is a restorer, he's a redeemer, and he makes a way. and we talked about the gospel that I shared with you. Point number four we had talked about that even in our pain, God is God continues to pursue us, and that you are not far from saving. Point number five that we had talked about was that God is always in control, he breathes life into us, and he does all of this for his glory. What an honor it is that God has chosen us to play a part in this story. It's the way that we think about it. So what will we take from this today for those of you who may be in this category of dry bones, I encourage you to remember that God is with you. Assess like, why am I, how did I get to where I am? Because if it's due to sin, that you're still clinging and holding on to, repent, repent. If it's due to pain, know that God is with you. Many have suffered, that doesn't mean that your pain is meaningless, right? Your pain is very, very meaningful. Today, I was, I was listening to this song called Though You Slay Me, and you ever heard it before, it's by Shane and Shane. And um, there were a lot of comments on YouTube about that and people were going through all the different tragedies and things that they had experienced. Somebody was talking about how she became a widow at age 39 Right? And But she's still so grateful to God. Another person was talking about how his wife left him, how her husband left him, her, how she's facing so much. Right? Though our problems hopefully aren't as big as that, but know that some you will grow. so long as God gives you life, you will grow, and you will experience some things, you will experience some challenges and some hard times. You may have illnesses that make you wonder, God, where are you? Please, 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 if you don't take anything else out of today, remember know that God is always with you. He'll bring comfort to your broken heart. He'll restore peace in your soul. For those of you who are in a state of not dry bones, what is my encouragement to you and my ask of you is to comfort those who need comforting. Mourn with those who mourn and help them. Don't just be about, all right, I'm good, so I'm fine, right? Be about how can I help the people in need as well? How can I help somebody that's hurting? And that's why we're in this community circle, as I would call it today, because we're brothers and sisters. You can think of me as your big brother, if you want, or your little brother, depending on how old you feel on that day, but we're brothers and sisters, right? And we should be able to like, have this community that we have here. we should be able to work with another another and and know that we are praying for each other like the the most fun thing that i get throughout the week guys so i i'm in this um bible study thing with all these old people when i joined the bible study guys i thought that um I i was hoping you know a way to meet people meet people my age things like that right um and what I found when I joined this Bible study was that I pretty much joined the senior citizen's living home. Because everybody in this Bible study, y'all, uh, is at least 55 years old. Nah, that's too generous. 65 years old, right? Everybody's old in this Bible study. And the first day I, was, I joined it, I was like, eh. I told the guy that I'm, I'm down with, you know, multi-generational Bible studies. I, didn't, I thought it was gonna be across the, the range, right? Where, where are my people? But I kept going, going with it, and it's been such a blessing because whenever we finish, we always end off with prayer topics and how can we be praying for one another? And even when I'm not even able to join, right? Though one of the leader will text me and be like, hey, how can I be praying for you this week? And that's just so encouraging because we, a lot of times we put on a smile, but many of us are going through a lot, right? So a simple text as to how can I be praying for you this week really goes a long way and makes somebody feel loved and feel the love of God from you. So, we are to reflect and be the light of Christ. All right, guys? So, I think I've talked your heads off enough today. Um, I'll close this in prayer, and then if there's any questions, comments that you guys want to provide, please do so. Okay? Shall we pray? God, thank you so much for... The message that you've allowed us to give today, Lord, for everyone that is here, um, maybe experiencing a dry state, a dry season with you, Lord, please help them come out of it. God, as you restored those in Israel for all the things that they did, God, please restore us for the things that we do, the things that we've done. And God, we pray that you help us to remember all the things that your son did, that you brought your son to this earth to die for us, and that you pulled him out of the grave one final time, that all of us that put our trust in Jesus be renewed and restored. God, we thank you so much for not just wiping away our sins, but also bringing us closer to you, also giving us confidence, the boldness to come before you, and to go out into the world to share this good thing that you've done. God, may we be like this American woman, Lord God, who will say that, come and see a man who told me all that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? God, may we always know you, may we always know your son, Jesus, and go around and telling each and every single person that, hey, I have found Christ. And Christ, who lives within me, can also give you life as well. Ah, uh, thank you so much for all that you do. We bless your holy name. In Jesus' mighty name we do pray. May the saints say amen.